Hey, we want to welcome you at all of our campuses. And I want to say, you guys at Lincoln Road, you look great today. And uh, we're so excited that we have the ability to come together and worship together at all of our campuses. And you may already know this, there's only three weeks left till Easter. So you got some time to get your bonnet and, uh, and to invite somebody to come be with you. It'd be a great time to say, hey, if you'll come with me uh, to church, well, I'll take you to lunch. And there's all kinds of ways you can bribe them. And one of the reasons that we're doing the series we're doing today is that if, if a person has come from God, and has proven it by being perfect, never sinning. Can you imagine that? Never sinned, and then died the perfect death for you and me that we couldn't die because we're sinners. And then he rises again on the third day and says, hey, I'm gonna be with you. I'm gonna send my Holy Spirit to be with you. I think that's somebody we can trust. So we're gonna talk about the promises of God that you find in the Bible. <clears throat> Many of these you know or maybe you've forgotten, or maybe you've never heard. And so we're gonna start with one today that's found in Philippians chapter four, uh, verse 19, and it is this. My God will meet all of your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. So let's say that together, because I want you to kind of have this in your, in your mind, because you're gonna need this, you're gonna find this as we unpack the passage how powerful uh, this promise is and how it will affect your life. So let's say this together, you ready? And my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. Thank you, you did great. Let me ask you, do you believe that? Yeah, do you really believe that God is going to meet all of your needs? If you believe that, I mean, hey, you come in here, you're so excited, you're happy, you're filled with joy. But let me ask you, how many of you would say, I could be happy and joyful if I had blank? Can you fill in the blank? I mean, what would you put in that blank? You say, I would be happy if, if I could lose 20 pounds, okay? Uh, I would be happy if I had a new boyfriend, okay? Don't point at him. Uh, I'd be happy if I had a new job, I'd be happy if I didn't battle anxiety. I'd be happy if I didn't have this addiction. I'd be happy. And see, whatever you put in that blank, you're saying, if I had that thing, then I would have deep joy. And, and Paul's going to say, no, 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 no. No matter where you are or what's going on in your life, he can meet all your needs. He says, my God will meet all of your needs in the riches of the glory of Christ Jesus. Now, now, we're all about as Americans being happy. We all want to feel this deep sense of happiness. As a matter of fact, it's in the Declaration of Independence that we know we have these inalienable rights. Among those are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And so, so we're all into happiness. We're all into saying, hey, I want to enjoy my life. But how many times when things have been good or bad, you found yourself where you're still not deeply happy? You're like, man, I don't understand. Like everything's going well in my life and, and I'm not happy. Or I don't understand. You know, I understand that these things are not good in my life, so I'm, I'm unhappy. But, but generally, you're just not filled with joy. Well, let me tell you, God through Jesus is very serious about your joy. He wants you to have a deep sense of fulfillment and happiness that lasts. 
And, and the world is, is very serious about robbing you of all your joy. You know, one of the reasons, and we're going to kind of point this out, the, the reason why we struggle with having joy with all that we have. I mean, you, you, you look at Ukraine, you look at all these other places, and you think about what we're getting to enjoy, and still, for some reason, we don't have deep a sense of fulfillment. And the reason is there's a lot of comparisons, and there's a lot of upgrades. Now, how many of you have an Apple phone? Would you raise your hand? You have an Apple phone? Have an Apple phone, that's everybody just about, okay? Uh, you, know, you know, right when you get an Apple phone, you're like, oh, this is so good, and then there's what? An upgrade. I mean, what, I got an Apple 4, okay, wait a minute, no, you got an Apple 5 just came out, you got an upgrade. Oh, you got an Apple 8, okay, that's great, but hey, we got an upgrade. We live in an upgrade society that every time you kind of get to a place, you're like, oh, this is good, you know? Then, then there's an upgrade, and you, you take a perfectly good phone. Now, the parents are loving this. You take a perfectly good phone, and you turn it in and pay more money to upgrade to another phone. You're like, why does that happen to us? Well, well, it's algorithms. How many of you are like me? You think that when you're talking, Siri is really listening. Does anybody else think that besides me? My wife says, you're just a conspiracy theory. Yeah, you're talking about one-eyed cats, and all of a sudden, on every news feed, it's a one-eyed cat. And customers that have one-eyed cats also like bought this, and, and they also put this together. So you got all these algorithms that are around you, and then all of a sudden, at, at just the tip of your fingers, you have Amazon. And on Amazon, you can, you can have a zebra delivered to your house. And toilet paper. I mean, you have it all there together. And, and how many of you, now this is going to be the test, and I'm going to, I'm going to this, is, this is an I got you moment. How many of you have come home and seen a package from Amazon at your door, and you've tried to figure out what in the world did I buy? Who's done that? Yeah, who's lying sitting by you? Yeah, okay, I see that. Oh, yeah, the reality is, man, we got so much stuff coming in that we're like, you've got to be kidding me. And the reason that we struggle with being deeply happy is awareness. Because when you're aware, you compare. And you're seeing 5,000 commercials that are around you every day, messages coming in, you need this, you need that, you need this, you need that. And, and if you're older, if you're over 65, you're watching four and a half hours of TV. You see all those old people. Then if you're young, you've got seven and a half hours that you're on your phone. And you're getting messages all the time. Is it any, is it, does it, doesn't it make sense? The reason we're so unhappy and we're so frustrated is because we see so much that we don't have. And Paul's going to give us a message. And man, this has hit me right in the core. He, he's writing from a Roman prison cell. And he's writing to the church, the house church in Philippi. And let me just tell you, this is a real place. Alicia and I were in Athens a few years ago. We were meeting our kids there to get them out of uh, where they were on the mission field. And, and I saw, I saw these, these road signs that said Philippi, so many miles. Thessalonica, so many miles. Corinth, so many miles. This, this is a real place. Pa Paul is a real person. I mean, this is not just like a Bible story. I mean, this really happened. And the reason he is in prison and, and is because of preaching the gospel. And he's writing back to a place where he was imprisoned for preaching the gospel. And while he was there, a, a Roman jailer beat him almost to death. 
And Paul and Silas are beaten half to death. And, and at midnight, you know, I'd be complaining, you know, like, you know, citizens arrest. You know, and they're singing. And in their singing and in their worship, God sends an earthquake and, and it begins to rattle the jail and it opens the doors and they stay put. And the, the Philippian jailer comes in and goes, hey, sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you and your family will be saved. And so a church was started there. And in that kind of setting, Paul writes a letter to the house church in Philippi and the theme of the letter is joy. He says, I want you to have deep joy. 16 times says, I say rejoice. Again, I say rejoice. You can have joy. You can have peace. 16 times. Writing from prison to people that beat him. And he's given us the secret to how we can have deep-seated happiness no matter what's going on in our life. And whatever you put in that blank, he's going to say, hey, I got something better than that. I'm going to be with you. I'm going to help you. I'm going to encourage you. Don't you give up because, hey, you're going to find there's a real secret to joy in Philippians. And we're going to look at chapter 4, verse 6. And we could stop with this one. He says, do not be anxious about anything. Okay. But in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. He says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, he says, think on these things, concentrate on these things. And whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put those things into practice and the God of peace will be with you. He says, I have rejoiced greatly in the Lord that at last you've renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned, but you didn't have any opportunity to show it. He said, I'm not saying this because I have, I'm in need for, I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. He says, I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. He said, I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want, because I can do all things through him who gives me strength. And then we end up in verse 19. He says, and my God will meet all of your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. Now, now I want you to listen because this is really important. And, and Paul's going to say, you can have joy no matter what you're going through. And I don't mean you're going to leave here and you're going to be skipping to your car. I don't mean that. But he's saying, you can know that God has got you. And you say, well, well how do I do that? How, how do I learn how to have joy? Like, like, how can I learn? Like when I just look up in the sky just to be thankful and, and, and be joyful instead of always being negative and always being critical and, and, and always looking for something wrong. Well, he says, there, there's three or four things you can do. And the first is you learn how to think and pray. You learn how to think and pray. You think differently. And 16 times, he says, you can have joy. 16 times, he says, you need to think. You need to remember. You need to take your thoughts and you need to kind of move them around because, because the thing you need to understand when you think wrong, the joy is gone. 
And he said, it's all about your thinking. It's all about what, what you're looking at. It's stinking thinking that leads to rotten living. And in chapter 4, verse 8, he says, you, you need to focus. This is so hard to be positive. He says, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is righteous, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, he says, think on these things. He says, when you do that, when, when you are working hard with regard to your thoughts and not letting your, your thoughts get, it's so difficult when you're just doing this on the phone and, and doing this on your computer and just kind of, when you think you're in neutral, you're not. And there's all kind of messages coming into your mind. And, and here he says, when you, but when you grab a hold of those thoughts, he says, the peace of God will rule your heart. It literally means it's like a sentry, like a guard, and it's in front of your heart and mind, your, your emotions and your will and your thoughts, and he's walking back and forth in front of you to guard you. He's, he's guarding your heart, and he's saying, no, that thought doesn't need to come in here. No, no, don't you go, don't, don't, go down that, uh, that, that, that aisle. Don't, don't go down that road. Don't, don't, think, don't think about that. Don't, don't do that. And you say, well, how do you learn to think and pray? I mean, listen, can I tell you prayer is so easy? Anybody that tells you that prayer is hard doesn't know what they're talking about because prayer is talking. Prayer is simply talking. And, and so you learn how to talk to God. I, I mean, if it comes into your mind and you're worried, you say, God, you know, I'm worried about this. And I mean, I don't mean talk out loud, you know, if you're like in a group, you know, because you know, they may think you're crazy. But, but you learn to talk to God. And I, I do this every night, okay? When I go to bed and I'm laying there and my mind is racing, okay? And I take a lot of medicine to kind of hold that, those thoughts down. But, but when I'm laying there and my mind is racing, I start praying. And I would say 90% of the time while I'm laying there praying, I fall asleep. And if I wake up, you know what I do? I start talking to God again. And I talk to God and I talk to God and I talk to God. I say, I'm concerned about this. I'm concerned about that. God, you, you put this on my heart. God, this is something that's going on. You need to know about that. You be, and you become an expert on going to God and saying, God, this is what I'm concerned about. God, this is what I'm grateful for. And you talk to God and then you talk to yourself. And I don't mean out loud again, but, but you begin to say to yourself, hey, that's not, that's not true. That's not right. Alicia and I were in uh, this uh, yesterday and uh, we were going somewhere on Saturdays. I don't know where it is everywhere in South Mississippi. It seems to be crazy out west in Hattiesburg. And, and I was driving and, and I had to get over real quick because there was a turn. And, and so I got in front you know, of the car so I could get over and, and, and put on my signal. And they just laid down on their horn. I had to start talking to myself. Uh, because part of me was saying, you need to slam on your brakes and get out and do something about it if you're a real man. And I was, whoa, whoa, don't, no, no, I need to, you don't need to slam on your brakes, just tap them. And so uh, I did tap tap, I did a little tap tap. And, uh, and, and then let's just say, what are you doing? And I was like, I'm, I'm just tap tapping. And, 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 you know, but you, you learn to talk to yourself and, 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 and kind of talk yourself through things so that you don't, and listen, I'm not good at this. Like a lot of times I'll be saying to myself, no, no, no. And then my, everything's going, yes, yes, yes. But, but you learn to think and to pray before you act. And then you talk to others. Can I just tell you that, that it's such a blessing when you're around somebody and they're building you up? When they have thought about their words before they're speaking, when they're thinking about not just themselves, but you. And uh, the other day I was coming to work and, and, and this really happened and I was kind of frustrated. You ever had those mornings where you're just negative? You get up and you're just negative and, and you, you don't have any reason being. My neck was kind of hurting a little bit. You know, it's kind of, 
you know, doing like a little bit, you know, I got my coffee and I was kind of, you know, aggravated. Like I got to go into work again, you know, and I got all this, my car is nasty. Look at this dumpy car. And, 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 and in the middle of that, a guy texted me, who's a friend of mine who has Lou Gehrig's disease. And, and in the text, it said, did you see the sunrise this morning? And, uh, it stopped me. Because I pictured how he did that. He has to do it with his mouth. He can't move the rest of his body and what it must have taken him to send me that message. And, and I texted him back and I said, I did not. Um, thank you for connecting with me and reaching out to me. You know, sometimes God will do that when you're, when you're just kind of having a little pity party, you've been kind of whiny, kind of negative, kind of critical, then all of a sudden he kind of brings something in that gets your thinking back on track. You, you, you begin to learn about God. He says, I have learned in every situation to be content. He says, it's not natural. You, you'll kind of gravitate more toward being negative. You'll gravitate toward wanting more things. He said, I have learned. I have taught myself. I, I, I am growing. I am understanding the ways of God. I'm understanding the way he works. And you're learning. And you're not learning by just sitting. Here's the thing. I want you to get this. You're learning when you leave here. This is like practice, okay? Practice, practice. And it's not just practice. It's when you leave here, you put it into practice with the way you live. And I saw this yesterday morning with my grandson. He was playing soccer. Do you mind if I do another illustration about my grandchildren? But they were playing soccer, and this is like the 34th weekend, and they haven't scored yet. Yeah, me too. I'm like, Really? I'm coming up here this morning, you know, and you're not, we're getting beat every game. And uh, I know you're not supposed to do it. They're six, but I mean, I'm still, I mean, we keep score for a reason. And, 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 and you know, they're getting beat every game. And the other team, the parents go, yeah. And I'm like, oh, no, I ain't playing this. And so I started praying, you know, God, let them score. I, and so finally, they had a breakaway. Just kind of get to the bottom line. We had a breakaway, and we hadn't scored the whole year, okay? We have a breakaway, and the kid, he breaks away, and he's going down, and he kicks it, and it goes into the net. And I ran out on the field. I was going, woo! And I had to talk to myself. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. And you know what happened a few more minutes? They, they scored again. You know what? They were learning. They, they were learning by doing. You say, well, I don't know if I'm doing that. Well, you test and process. He said, I have learned to be content when, when I have nothing, and I've learned to be content when I have everything. He said, I have learned in every situation of life, I'm learning from God that when I don't have anything and my life feels broken and my marriage is weak and my health is rotten, that if I can hang on, he's got me. He said, I have learned when things are rolling, and this is where I struggle, when things are really good and I've got some latitude and I can upgrade. He said, I have learned to be content with what I have and to stop kind of moving forward. He, he's saying, you, you need to understand in the Ten Commandments, there is, you will have one God, you will have no other idols, you'll put your faith in nothing else, and then at the Tenth Commandment on the other end, you will not covet don't covet your neighbor's wife. Don't covet your neighbor's house. Don't covet your neighbor's car. You, you test the process so that you know what God's doing in your life. Listen, Paul is 60 years old. 
Paul is 60 years old. He's been beaten. He's been broken. He's been bitten by a snake. He's been shipwrecked. He says, hey, hey, listen, my life, you need to understand. He says, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. He, he said, you know, if they kill me, great. I'll go be with the Lord. He says, if I live, that's fine. I'll keep writing the Bible. He said, for me to live is Christ, to die is gain. He said, I've tested the process and God is with me when things are good and when things are bad. You say, well, how does he do that? Well, he trusts the promises of God. He said, I have found the secret to being content in every situation and that is that I can do, now stay with me, I can do all things through him who gives me strength. Would you, would you kind of maybe put that in the back of your mind now? If you're graduating, don't use that at graduation unless you understand that doesn't work if you're doing your own thing. Like, like when you're doing what God has called you to do, you, you can say, you know, I can do whatever he's called me to do because I have his strength and he will make it work out. But if you choose to do your own thing, your own way, don't quote that verse. Like if you're going into college and you're terrible at math and you say, I'm going to be an engineer, don't, don't say I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength because you're going to flunk out. Like, like if, if you're going, to, you want to be in the NBA and you say, I'm going to, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength in your 5'5". Five five. It's not going to happen. The reality is when you understand what God has called you to do, that, that's the point. He's saying, he said, I know why I am here. And I know what God has called me to do, and I can do all things through him who gives me strength. Can I tell you, there have been so many times in the process of 36 years into being where we are, I said, there is no way. This does not add up. You can't put this together and make this work. You can't get there. Then the next day I got up and the reality was I can do all things through him who gives me strength. And then another day I can do all things through him who gives me strength. And here's the reality. When you find God's plan for your life, you find God's will for your life, you, you can stay with whatever it is because he will give you strength. But if you choose to do your own dream, your own way and say, hey, I'm going to do this no matter what God you bless it, it'll turn you into a monster. When you say, I'm going to do my thing, I've got my dream. And you see it happening all around you. The Zappos CEO, uh, Tony Heisch, I, I just fixated. Another story came out about him. He was the guy that kind of wanted to deliver happiness to the world. He said, I want to bring happiness to the world. And so he'd have this event, and he'd have this deal, and he'd have that deal. And he wound up blowing himself up in a storage room at his house. Because the very thing he was looking for, he was missing in Jesus Christ. Bernie Ebers went to Mississippi College, played basketball. Many of you know him. And he was doing really well. And all of a sudden, he got onto his dream and wound up in prison. Let him out early so he could die. When you live life for your own dreams, the joke's on you. Because you'll sacrifice everything good in your life so that you can have that job and that house and that whatever and that whatever and that woman and that man and that. Then when you get it, you realize it doesn't bring me joy. Listen, if you're a child of God, if you're not, you can respond today. But if you're a child of God, would you go all out with your faith? 
Would you realize God has dreams for you? They are so big that if you knew the, all the details, if he'd have told me this at 25, it would have terrified me. I would have locked up like a stone. But you jump into your faith. You say, God, I want everything you're bringing to me. I want it all because I want to bring you glory. God, I want to enjoy your pleasure because I can do all things through looks. It gives me strength. I can do all things through money. It gives me strength. I, I can do all things through uh, uh, the right job. No. You just end up crying. I'm telling you, God always does that. There's a baby crying here. And they're crying because, hey, there are a lot of people who have been doing that with their life. And they, I can do all things through that. And they wind up crying. I said, I, I, it's not my fault. I, we didn't plant the baby. And you don't have to bring the baby out. I mean, I think it's great. You're right on cue. No, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Are you with me? L listen, you say, well, well, what else? Is there anything else? You know, okay. You know, I learned to think and pray. Just, if you just start thinking and praying, that's going to change your life. Okay, if you test the process, or you, you know, I'm, I'm not happy when things are good, uh, bad, okay? But I'm happy when things are good for a little while. Then I'm not happy. And then I'm not happy. You just test that, okay? Then you go back to the promises of God. You start reading the dadgum Bible. And then you start telling people. When's the last time you told somebody about how good God's been to you? I'm not trying to make you feel guilty. I'm just trying to make you aware. When's the last time you said, you know, I'm going to tell you something. God is so good to me. It's unbelievable. And we've had our struggles, but God is so good. When's the last time you did that? When is the last time you shared good news about all that God has done in your life? That's Paul. Paul is in prison. He is chained to a Roman soldier while he's trying to write the Bible. They're getting saved. The Praetorian guard is getting saved. He says, tell the people in Caesar's household, I said, hello. Why? Because he's locked to them. And he's telling them the good news every single day. It's changing the world. He says, my God can meet all your needs <laughs> through the riches of Christ Jesus. Share the hope that you have. Listen, we want to multiply disciples. And you're, the, you're a disciple maker. I just don't know what kind. See, if all you're ever talking about good news is I got this new outfit, I got this new house, I went to this new place, then you're a disciple of things. You, you know, I, 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 I've got so many, man, my business is exploding. What happens when it explodes? See, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, this is not a monastery and you're not a monk, but, but you're a missionary that's been sent out on a movement where you're telling other people the good news of Jesus Christ. Listen, there is no better news than Jesus Christ loves you. Yeah. yeah, you can clap for God on that. Uh, matter of fact, I've been taking some notes on myself today. Uh, because it's been pretty good. Uh, and so here's the thing. Let the redeemed say so. Let the rocks cry out. In the next three weeks, 
When I look up at the beauty of, the, I mean, the sky yesterday was so blue, it took my breath. And I think about how much we've got, how much we're blessed with. And I just, man, we, I, let's tell people. In the next three weeks, tell people what God has done for you. Because when you're telling people how good God is, you don't have time to be negative. When you are serving other people, you don't have time to consume. When you get your mind off yourself and all that God wants to do in and through you, man, it will change your life. Because my God will meet all of your needs through the riches, the glorious riches of Christ Jesus. Let me tell you, I don't know what you're worried about. Matter of fact, let me ask you, what did you put in the blank at the beginning of the sermon? I'd be happy if I had blank. Would you be willing to give that up? <laughs> to to kind of in the next few minutes when, when we're singing and the lights will be down a little bit and just you and God have, have a moment where, where it dawns on you that, hey, you know, you, you've been pursuing something that's not going to deeply satisfy you because it's a created thing. You were made for the creator. Nothing on this earth will ever satisfy you. Would you give it up? Would you say, hey, hey, I want to, in my pride, my, 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 my frustration, my, my hurt, my, my, all the things I don't want to forgive, all the things in your life, it's, it's in the blank. I'd be happy if this person got, I'd be happy if, and you say, no, I'm going to give that, I want to put that at the cross because all I really need is Jesus. At the end of the day, if I have Jesus Christ, I'll learn to be content in every situation, whether in plenty or in want, because I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. You can. I'm telling you, you can do all things through Christ. I'm telling you. If you're doing God's will for your life. So would you bow your heads for just a moment? I'm going to give you a chance. You say, is this a time where you join the church? No, this is not like the old church. Uh, this is a time for you to move and have an encounter with God where, where you meet with him and you say, hey, this is not just me sitting and listening. I want you and I to have a covenant. I want you and I to connect and I'm going to come to the cross because it symbolizes. It symbolizes what Jesus did for you. He went the distance for you. God said, if I would give you my son, Jesus, perfect son, why would I withhold any good thing from you? And so instead of trusting something, some person, some state of being, why don't you place your trust in Jesus and let him be everything to you? Let him be your everything. You know, in the last seconds, I've been to a lot of people when they've died. In the last few seconds, I've never heard any of them go, you know, I hope, uh, I hope somebody's at the office. Every one of them have said something about, I'm, I want to meet Jesus. I'm ready to meet Jesus. I need to make Jesus. Please help me. I'm not ready to make Je meet Jesus. I, I, it's about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. 
Father, we thank you. God, I've, I've tried to say that your son Jesus is our life. And God, I don't always live that way, but God, I want to live that way. I want to think about what I'm doing and what I'm thinking. I want to pray. God, I want to test myself. I want to trust. I want to trust your promises. And God, I want to brag on you. So God, I pray that you would be a movement among us through all of our, not just our campuses, but all the churches in, in our area, God, that you would just move in power so that, God, we would see a renewal among us that we need. We've never been more angry, more hurt, more critical than we are right now in my lifetime. So, Father, fill us with your presence. Give us your peace. And I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us for the Venture Church Podcast. To find a campus near you, check out VentureChurch.org.